Wow, good evening, everyone. Good evening. evening. Everyone doing all right? Yeah, yeah, that good, eh? That's what you get after a finance announcement. Um, uh, Well, uh, if we've not met yet, my name is Matt Hatch. Uh, I am the guy who sort of leads the team that leads Mosaic. Uh, I am married to Philippa. We have been married for 20 years this summer, uh, and I'm... Uh, overjoyed at being married to such a wonderful woman. And I have three kids. I have two teenagers and one pre-nager. Look, that's what, that's what they look like. If you've not met them, uh, Tom, my youngest, declared that he's a pre-nager. I'd never even heard of that before. But uh, that's what he is. And anyway, it's funny looking at this picture of my kids. I can't believe I've got kids this old. But the baby years, and I know we've got some babies in this corner here, the baby years for, for me and my family feel a long, long time ago. I've actually got a picture. Look, this cute picture. Look at this little girl. This is, this is Izzy. It's not Tom. We don't make... Anyway. Uh, this, is, uh, this is Izzy when she was about six months old. And uh, even though it's a blur... Uh, the, the time that I had, I had three kids under the age of, of five. It, it, it's a real blur in the memory. But I do remember very clearly this little one coming home for the first time. So Pippa had a, a hospital. Together we came back home. Hospital's lovely and safe. There's lots of midwives and nurses and things like that to look after us. The weird feeling is when you get home, you've got this little baby. And I'm looking at this baby, sat at home, thinking... It's just me, I'm afraid, me and my wife, to look after you. And that feeling of responsibility for, to, for feeding, nourishing, helping them sleep, all that sort of thing. What's incredible now is uh, Izzy is uh, turning 17 in a, a couple of months' time. And we're preparing her now for perhaps leaving home, taking a year out, or going to university. And living a life of, uh, of independence, away from the family home. And uh, I've been connecting with that because um, as a dad, it's like quite a moment to imagine a, your eldest daughter leaving home. But also, um, I've been thinking about it a lot because we're, we're in a series at the moment talking about dependence on God. And it's funny because my aim for my kids is for them to grow up to be independent. But as we grow up and mature as Christians, the goal is not independence from God. The goal is increasing dependence on God. Um, when you're a new or baby Christian, um, you know, you rely on God for everything. He's so very new to you. You're relying on him for, uh, for everything in life, for forgiveness, for help, for love. You're a beginner, you're a novice, you're looking to him. Uh, and it's crucial for those of you that have been a Christian a while to know that that does not change. It's vital we keep growing independence. John 15 verse 5, Jesus reinforces this idea. Look at this text with me. It says, I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking. I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, independent of me, you can do nothing. It's just a really simple picture of a branch being connected into the vine. If the branch falls off, if the branch separates from the vine, then it's going to shrivel and die. But attach, it can feed, it can grow. And so 
at the start of 2018, in this series, we're, we're looking at growing in our dependency on God. We've spent a couple of weeks looking at what it is to pray, and we've sort of declared 2018, year of prayer, as a way of depending on God. Today, we're looking at how giving your money grows dependency on God. And I can feel the excitement in the room. The big idea is this. The more than most things, the idea of giving away some money, not saying all of it, some of your money will reveal how dependent or independent you are. It will speak like nothing else to you about whether you're dependent or independent. And my feeling is this, the, big, the bigger the percentage of the total money that you have that you give away, the more you depend on God. So the bigger the percentage that you give away, the more you depend on God. Randy Alcorn, who writes, is an American pastor, who writes a lot on this subject. He said this, I've never seen a mature Christian who is not also a giver. Giving is part of growing. So this is a discipleship issue. This is an issue involving our hearts trusting in God. So why don't you turn to the person next to you and say to them, I'm excited about you giving your money away. Fantastic. Even for those of you that are, are wonderful students at the moment, uh, some of you don't have jobs, some of you are not earning anything, many of you are stacking up your student debt. I'm going to ask you guys, along with all the professionals in the room, people looking for work, I'm going to ask you also to consider giving away your money, being generous, helping the vulnerable and the underprivileged, investing financially in the kingdom as a way of growing your dependency on God. And I'm going to show you why uh, in just a moment. So everyone ready for this? Everyone up for giving away your money? Yeah, maybe. Okay, uh, up for the person next to you doing that. Let's pray, shall we? Uh, let's just bow our heads. Lord Jesus, um, this is a sensitive, it's a difficult, challenging topic. And we ask, God, for your grace and power to be amongst us, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, we really do believe the way we handle our money reveals what we believe about you. And so we're asking, God, in these moments that we would uh, put everything sort of on the table before you, that we'd come with gratefulness for everything that we already have and we would put you first in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is what we're doing tonight. We're going to do four ways uh, you're, uh, giving your money away grows your dependency on God. Four things. And it's adapted from a sermon that I read recently on giving. I thought it was really helpful. And so we're going to work our way through these four points. So number one, number one, giving away your money reminds you that God owns everything. As Christians, we believe in a God who owns everything, including all our income. Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth is the Lord's. And all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. And that is absolutely true. Everything, including our money and our possessions, are his, not ours. Everything we own is from God. And God has given it to us to steward. If you've ever been to like a football match, there's lots of stewards all around the pitch. They are there to look after everyone. We are stewards of the money and possessions that God has given us. 
And giving some of it away, being generous, loosens our grip on it and connects us with our need for him to provide for us. Now, I'm aware that it's really easy for you to sort of nod your heads, no one is nodding, but for you to nod your heads in agreement with what I'm saying and not feel that you actually have to do anything about it. So it's easy to say, God does own all of my money and then not actually give any. And I just want to say, giving some proves what we say is true, especially when it's sacrificial giving. You see, there's something wrong with the husband who answers his wife's complaint that he doesn't give her any time by saying, what do you mean? What do you mean I don't give you all of my time? All of my time is yours. I work all day long for you and the children. And that has a very hollow ring about it if he doesn't give her any especially time. Giving her an evening or a date night does not deny all his time is for her. It proves it. That's why God in the Bible declares one day in seven, especially God's. All the days are for God, but one day especially is so. One day is especially so. And so our money is all his, but giving to him especially proves that we believe it. And this is the way it is with our money and God. So I've taught my children from a young age about this principle and as a family we've sort of called it the 80-10-10 principle and what we've tried to do with our money as a family uh, is that we've tried to live on 80% of what we have and to spend it wisely and then to save 10% of it and then to give 10% of it the 80-10-10 principle and so When our kids first started getting pocket money, we gave them the outrageous sum of £10 a month. uh, But actually, we only gave them £8 a month because £1 we set aside for saving and £1 we set aside for them to give away. And we saved up that money to give away and every year we would chat as a family and say, who are we going to give to this year? And so uh, this last year, we decided as a family we were going to support someone who's working, uh, supporting Christian unions at a university down south. That is a person that we as a family know and love. And so that is where our giving is going. So we felt it was really important from a young age, we teach our kids this principle, 80-10-10. We live off 80%, save 10 and give 10. And this act of giving, this sort of not keeping everything for ourselves reminds us that what we have is only loaned to us. It is ultimately God's. Uh, Now, you may say to me, Matt, um, I'm actually in debt right now, or I'm not earning that much, or I'm only just making ends meet. Should you be still giving at this point? And I don't know if this is controversial or not, But I would still encourage you to be giving a small amount of money away. And the reason is this. Uh, I think it's really important that all of us are moving towards reliance on God, thankfulness to God. And by giving, even when money is super tight, establishes a habit of giving. And most importantly, in the context of what I'm talking about tonight... If you delay giving until you're out of debt, you're basically saying, I've got to independently solve this problem first 
and then I'll trust God with it when I've got enough. But actually you need him right now. And so I'm, I'm please be wise. Uh, I'm not talking about great amounts. I'm talking about the principle of giving something, even if it is very small, because it sets a precedent for the rest of your life, the trajectory you want to go on. And there is overwhelming evidence in the Bible that God particularly celebrates those people that give sacrificially. There's this beautiful moment where Jesus can't take his eyes off a widow who gives everything she has uh, to the temple offering. And he picks her out and says, this woman, this woman has done something special and sacrificial. I have seen her and I celebrate what she does. So listen, giving your money away, it reminds you that God owns everything. Secondly, it's an antidote to wanting more stuff, which the Bible calls coveting. The last of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not covet. Coveting is simply wanting stuff that isn't yours. Jesus agrees, Luke 12, verse 15, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed or covetousness. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So wanting things too much is very dangerous for your soul. Jesus is warning us. And then the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Giving money helps us keep our lives free from the love of money. And every time you give, you're actually going to war. You're fighting the desire for what you uh, might have bought yourself. So to give is not to buy. To give is not to buy. And that dilemma is utterly important if we're to maintain this fight, this fight with covetousness every day. Imagine, if you like, just in our culture, all of our culture tells us that we should carry on spending and having stuff. And if you like, it's a poison that we drink every day. Giving away is, is like the vaccine. It's like the uh, uh, antidote to protect you in order that you keep generous with your money. So I wonder, um, I can't read by your faces what you're thinking right now, but how are you doing? How are you doing? Are you someone that simply uh, just feels like you're getting more and more stuff? Or do you ask God before you buy things, like whether or not you need to have it? Could you withhold the purchase? Could you spend less? Could you sacrifice something that you would have otherwise spent on yourself in order to give away more? So listen, giving away our money grows dependency on God because it reminds you that God owns everything. It's an antidote to wanting more stuff, but wonderfully, it results in freedom and joy. We forget this truth constantly because we think freedom and joy come through getting. So um, for me personally, my, uh, the way that I sort of give and receive and understand love is one of my sort of top love languages is giving and receiving gifts. And it's just good that you all know that, by the way. But uh, gifts is my love language. And so I, I not only receive gift, uh, receive, uh, enjoy receiving gifts, but I love giving gifts. And for my wife, Philippa, this is useless if I... Um, if I'm trying to surprise her because when I buy something I'm so desperate for her to know that I've bought something I tell her and I, I just sort of say Pip I've bought you something today and I just can't keep it in me 
I so love being able to give gifts. The principle is found in 2 Corinthians 9. And uh, the Apostle Paul says this, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So that tells us there are two sort of types of giving, two ways to give. You can give sparingly, in other words, you're not giving very much. And Paul says if you do that, you won't receive much. Or you can give generously, you like giving away a lot. And Paul says in return, you will receive much. In other words, there's so much freedom and joy and intimacy with God to be found in giving rather than getting. And, I, I mean, I can't describe just what would happen if we all really embraced this sort of lifestyle. Imagine being part of a group of people that are committed to giving away and to generosity. I still remember the moment on my day off uh, opening my front door and someone anonymously had uh, made uh, the Hatch family breakfast. And so they'd put it on a tray outside our door and there was everything you could want for a really glorious breakfast. Just this week, I've had a very busy couple of weeks and I think someone in the office has spotted it. So someone, I have no idea who, left me a bar of chocolates on my desk. So my love language uh, is gifts, uh, add chocolates, and it sort of goes up there. I love being part of a community that gifts me chocolate. Um, uh, just a few years ago, uh, I, I saw in the offices that our FPs, our Frontier Project interns, giving themselves to serving the church and loving people. Well, someone had, uh, from the church had given them all, I think about £100, and I think it was six of them at the time. So someone had just really sort of lavishly said, I want to bless these people for what they do. I love the way in, especially in our other gatherings, there's always this constant ebb and flow of baby clothes and toddler clothes. And as kids grow up, all the clothes get handed round. I love the fact that when uh, people are perhaps in a little bit of trouble or have just had a baby, they get meals cooked for them. We have one family join us at North. They've been at the church for two weeks and they happened to have their baby. They knew no one in the church but from one other mum and that mum organised meals for them for the next two weeks. And that alone was the thing that sort of like really brought them into community. They're like, what sort of community is this? That you know, We know no one. We've been here two weeks and yet people are bringing us meals. Just last week I got an email uh, uh, from a pastor in the States. He moved to a very expensive city to live in in the States about 10 years ago. Him and his wife can only afford to live there because they've been on, on super cheap rent. Never been able to afford to buy a house. And that uh, period, that leasing period has just come to an end. And so they're like, what on earth are we going to do? It's so expensive to live in the city. We feel called to live here in order to serve the church, which serves the community. And just this last week, someone from their community gave them £50,000 as a deposit for their house so they could stay there long term. So that's not like a hint, by the way, for your pastor. And some of you are like, we could do with a deposit for a house. Let's keep praying, keep preaching it, Matt. But imagine just 
you know what that does in the community if the people that have got lots are sharing abundantly with the people that need it most? With the people that haven't got much, if they're sacrificially giving and being generous to those needs that they see around them. I mean, who doesn't want to be part of a family like that? So let's give away a money. Let's build a community where we serve one another like this and depend on God. And fourthly and lastly, you know what? Giving away our money helps us control ever-expanding expenditure. So the idea, I don't know if you notice this, but the idea is the more you have, generally the more you spent. So when Pip and I first got married, uh, our house contained one bed that someone had bought us uh, as a wedding present and one beanbag. And that is it. That's what we had as furniture in the house. It was slightly embarrassing when people came over for dinner. It's like, you can have the beanbag. But... The interesting thing is in those early days of marriage, we didn't even consider buying a car or going on a holiday abroad or even eating out because we have very little money. The problem comes if you can afford that stuff. If you can spend the money, suddenly all those things are an option. I mean, I just noticed it in my house over the last few years. So when the kids were small, this is just a little example of expanding expenditure. When the kids were small, when they ate their cereal for breakfast, they would have water to accompany their breakfast. At some point down the line, uh, squash was introduced. And so everyone started having squash for breakfast. Then somewhere along the line, we moved to like a fruit drink. I don't know what that is exactly, but it's got vague traces of fruit and lots of sugar. And then we went to proper fruit juice. And now the kids turn their noses up at anything but freshly squeezed orange juice. And I haven't got like a big deal about whether it's right or wrong to have freshly squeezed orange juice. The issue is this drift that we have gone on as a family in a very small thing that actually reflects society's drift for our ever-expanding expenditure. You see, generally speaking, expenses always expand to fill the income. So the question we must ask, if you're a believer of Jesus Christ in the room, we must ask, how do we restrain ourselves from just accumulating more and more stuff or more and more expensive stuff? And how do we look different from the culture that we live in? Like seriously, in the way that we spend our money, how are we gonna stand out and be a light to our culture? Well, the answer has got to be wrapped up in, as our income grows, we grow the proportion of money that we give away. We resolve to give a greater and greater percentage of our income to advance the kingdom and bless others. And that puts a break on our natural tendency towards luxury. Because if the money is there, we will want to spend it on ourselves. So if any of you in the room just feel like, actually when I look at my life, I do have an abundance. You've got to ask yourself why. Why has God blessed me with an abundance? And my answer to you would be to give you enough to live on and then for you to use the rest of it to bless others. To work to alleviate spiritual and physical need. Enough for us 
and an abundance for others. And it's crucial to this is giving a certain amount or a percentage of what you have each year. And I just want you to think about what you give, what you give away. To, it might be to the church, but what you give to other things, to other situations. Are you growing in your dependency on God right now by giving that amount? Are you growing in dependence on God? For many years as a family, we've tried to increase the percentage that we give every year. Sometimes it hasn't quite worked out like that. Often it's been less because we've earned less during the year. But each year we look at it, we, we, we talk about it a little bit as a family, but mostly for Pip and I, we say, how are we doing on this? How can we grow in generosity? And we're still very much learning as we go. But what about you? Have you looked at what you give recently? Have you just given it a bit of time? And could you grow in dependency on God as you give away generously? You know, for, if I could just speak to those of you that have been part of our community a while, and I, I mean, I just can't agree enough with Rich when he said earlier, we, we're so grateful for the way that you do give. On, that we are so grateful. I mean, it amazes me how your sacrificial giving meets the needs of the church. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But I just want to ask you that, that have been around a while, probably the worst enemy of enthusiasm is time. So human beings have this remarkable capacity to get tired of wonderful things really quickly. Almost every one of you can think of something you're enthusiastic about once, but that passion has, has faded. I just want to ask you, has that happened at all in the way that you give? It might be that you just sort of, something's happened in your heart where you sort of begrudge it a little bit. Or you thought, oh, I've given so much over the years. And I know as a family, we just have to guard against that thought of, wow, what could I do if I wasn't giving my money away? Galatians 6 verse 9 says, let us not grow weary in well-doing or that puts, uh, in doing good for at the proper time we shall reap a harvest what does it say here we will reap a harvest if we do not give up think of the adventures of faith that you could have if you give your money away think of the growth for you personally it's a discipleship issue think of the intimacy the joy the freedom that can be yours as you trust god with what you have and think of the impact that we could have as a community Imagine the sort of community that we could be a part of. Don't wait to receive, but why don't you initiate some giving? Why don't you start spreading the love a little bit amongst us and see what God does? So giving your money away, I've given you four things this evening. It reminds you that God owns everything. It's an antidote to wanting more stuff. It results in freedom and joy and helps to control ever-expanding expenditure. I'd love to pray for us as we finish uh, just listening to the sermon tonight. We're going to get a chance to respond to God. There's two quick questions for you just to think on and then I'd like us to pray. Firstly, I've got a, um, a challenge for you. There's a really dangerous prayer that you could pray right now. And I just want to give a bit of a warning before you pray it. But if you're up for it, you could say to God, is there a person or a need that you would like me to give to? 
And if you're up for that challenge, I, I, I know that he will probably take you up on it. And that's why it's a bit dangerous to pray. And secondly, uh, have you prioritized giving to this local church? So if you're part of this family, if you're part of what it is to be Mosaic Church, then I want to call you afresh tonight to play your part in this mission God's given us to see God transforming lives. Is it time for you to move from just someone who attends to someone that is right in the core, the heart of what we do and express that in the way that you give financially? So can I pray for us and then I'm going to leave a bit of space. It'd be great if the band could make their way up. Do you want to stand with me and uh, bow your head? Perhaps if you're happy to, close your eyes. Uh, I know I'm asking a lot from you tonight, but I would not be sharing it if I didn't feel convinced it was in the Bible. Uh, I didn't feel convinced it was the best thing for you. And so let's just bow our heads for a moment. Lord Jesus, um, we're so, so grateful for everything we have. And we just take this moment to say thank you. It's all yours. Thank you for loaning it to us. And God, I want to use everything I have to glorify your name. I want to grow in my dependence on you. And so in these moments, uh, there's lots of detail to come, but in these moments, Lord, I want to say it's all yours. And, and if there's a need or a person that I'm going to be giving to, could you just, just reveal that to me now? Why don't you just ask him? Let's quietly ask him. Lord, is there any, anyone that you want me to serve? Anyone you want me to give to? Any need, that, any cause that I'm meant to be investing in? And Lord, please help me play my part in this family. And would you help me to be a cheerful, joyful giver to the local church. In your name we pray. Amen.